Masechet Sukkah, Daf Yud Chet, 18. We begin with one last challenge to Shemuel. Uh, if you remember, the Rav and Shemuel had a machloket about four amot. Everyone agrees that there's, if there's four amot next to a wall, then you can apply dofen akuma, four amot of, of pasul sechach. Everyone agrees to that. The question is, what about four amot in the middle of a sukkah? So Shemuel gives the standard opinion that we follow, lahalacha, that four amot in the middle of a sukkah is no good. Four tefachim is the maximum. Uh, but Rav says, according to this Lashon, Rav says that Foramot is okay anywhere. Um, less than Foramot, even in the middle, is okay. So we're going to challenge Shemuel, which is the uh, opinion of, of our halacha as well, with one last baraita. Tashema. bin sarim shel erez, If one used planks, of cedar that are each arba'a, arba'a means tefachim, the zachar. So everyone agrees that that is no good. And this is talking about a case where the entire sechach is all planks um, of, uh, of wood. So there, everyone agrees that that's no good um, because that looks like a roof. And behen arba'a, if it's less, if uh, the planks are less than four tefachim, nevertheless, says it's no good. Back on Dafyudalit, he was the one that said the Gezerah of Tikra. And so, um, you know, one plank that's smaller, it's fine, but not many planks in a row. And Rebiudah says that that is okay, less than four. Good. So, uh, the, and we continue. And the, the question is going to be from the Sefa here. Bimir will agree that even though he's machmir above, that if you take, if you put between one neser and another, and he's talking about here a neser, even if it's even if it's four tefachim uh, wide, and you leave space every other, and you put pesel, pesel means waste or just regular sechach branches as opposed to a plank between them, then it's okay. So the picture would look like this, where you have uh, a plank and then regular sechach, a plank sechach, and so on. If you alternate them, then that's fine. So that is the baraita. Now we analyze it. According to Rav, that says you can have four amot anywhere, even in the middle, then it's okay. Well, yeah, obviously it's okay because here each plank is only four, four tefachim. And so even if you add them all up, but they're not, anyway, they're not together. So there's a space in between. So that why, that's why it's okay. Um, it could even be bigger. However, according to Shemuel, that says in the middle, the maximum you can have is four tefachim and not anymore. And here you have a sukkah with lots of four tefachim uh, planks uh, spread out, alternating. And yet he says, keshera, even one of them should make uh, make the sukkah pasul, all the more so if you have half of them like that. So that is a challenge to Shemuel. And the answer is going to be, We're talking about a sukkah that is all together eight tefachim, eight, eight amot, exactly. Um, so all that, that I showed you the picture too early. Right, Bimir just says if you put a neser somewhere in the middle, as long as you have something alternating, it's okay. Um, but now we're saying uh, more specifically that the entirety 
is is eight is eight amot. And you start with the nesed and then switch off and from the side, and the same thing from that side. Oh, so because of this, even Shemuel, who says um, f- that in the middle four tefachim is the max, and any more than that is no good. Here is how he can how he can agree that this is kosher. Um, what you do is you call this dofen akuma. This four tefachim, these are all no good. Four tefachim, four tefachim, four tefachim planks. These are not good sichach. Nevertheless. You can call this dofen akuma, even if it was more, even if this was all filled in, it would be fine. It's all it's all less than four amot. The whole thing is eight amot, so the mid midpoint is four amot. So up to here is less than four amot, and so this would be one dofen akuma. On the other side, you had another dofen akuma, and therefore, it really doesn't matter what you have here. And here in the middle, because we started off with the plank, we end off with good sechach. So you have uh, eight tefachim total of good kosher sechach. Eight is more than the minimum of seven, which is required for the smallest sukkah. And so, therefore, you can't sit under the dofen akuma, but you are allowed to sit under this eight tefachim of kosher sechach. So Shemuel can reconcile himself with the Baraita that Rabbi Meir is talking about a case like this. So yes, there's four tefachim planks, which he thinks are no good. Um, nevertheless, if they're off to the side within four amot, of the wall, then you could just call them Dofen Akuma. Okay, this does not seem to be the Peshat of the, of the Baraita. He has to add in a you know, very specific case, very limited. Uh, nevertheless, it's possible that he can answer that question. And so that's where we leave Rav and Shemuel and uh, that question of for Amot, how about even in the middle of Sukkah? We don't say that the maximum of Sach Basu you can have in the middle of a Sukkah is for Tefachim. Okay, so that closes that subject. And now the next subject is somewhat related. And now we're talking about space, airspace, where we say the maximum is three tefachim. Where does that apply? We always assume, and the halacha is that the three tefachim max of airspace applies anywhere in the, in the sukkah, that if some of the walls have a space of less than three tefachim, we say lavud. That's actually where we learned it in the first place. Um, back a few dafim ago, when we said the shiurim or halachal de Sinai and lavud was something was one of the ones about that about mechitzot. So less than three tefachim is okay, and in the sechach also less than three tefachim, a hole anywhere on the side in the middle. According to halacha, we say less than three tefachim is lavud anywhere, and it's all fine. We consider it filled in. But actually, we're going to learn now that this was the subject of a machloket amar First, Abiyaz is going to give, give the basic halacha before we get to a machloket. So if you have three tefachim um, in the middle, in a, in a big sukkah, uh, so three tefachim of airspace is no good. But if you make it smaller by adding kanim, that's kosher sechach, that's a, 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 a wooden a pole, or shipudim made out of metal, even though it's non-kosher sechach, that's okay, because you are making the hole smaller. So we have a picture here, right? So if it's a big sukkah, and you have, so you have plenty of good sechach, there's no problem with that. And so this hole by itself would be no good, but if you add one or two poles, even if they're made out of metal, the metal is non-kosher sechach. That could be up to four tefachim, and the hole could be up to three tefachim. So by filling in a couple of them, then you decrease the size of the hole, and that is okay. That makes it kosher. If it's sukkah ketana, let's say it's a very small sukkah, the smallest, like seven by seven, and you have a hole there that's three, and maybe there's some other, a little bit of schach pasul besides that, 
So bekanim have miot, b'shibudim have miot. In that case, you want to make sure to in, to close up the hole with kosher sechach, with a couple of planks, and not with um, not with uh, uh, metal. The reason here is not because the hole is too big. The hole is fine. The problem is that you may not have enough kosher sechach. Right, we have to have at least four tefachim uh, of kosher sechach, and then you know we're getting very close here. So, um, uh, so therefore, you have to come come down to exact calculation. So, therefore, it's a good idea to use kosher sechach to fill in that gap. Okay, so far, really no chidush. Here's going to be the interesting part. All of this that he says is only on the side when you have empty space next to the wall, and then you can apply. Uh, this lavud close to the wall. If it's in fact in the middle of the sukkah, uh, one opinion says yes, you can use do lavud in the middle of a, of the of the ceiling, and the other one says no, not in the middle middle of the ceiling. Okay, it's very interesting, you know, why there should be a difference. So now we're going to give um, uh, uh, sources for each side. Um, this is what we follow the halacha that you can do zavud anywhere. What's the source for that? Now we're going to hot Shabbat. Um, and we, as we often do, comparing the Eruvin, in this case, Mavoy, to Sukkah. So if you have an alleyway um, like this, right? You have an alleyway, and in order to be permitted to carry within this alleyway from courtyard to courtyard and within this mavoy, um, you have to put a, a, symbol, a symbolic kora uh, uh, on top so people will know, wait, the shutarabim starts here. Yes, you're allowed to carry outdoors here, but not there. So generally, we want this kora to be one single unit all the way across. What if there's a space in the middle? That's okay, as long as it's less than three tefachim, then we'll apply lavud and, it's, uh, and you can go there. So you see that we do apply lavud even in the middle of a space regarding mavoy. Um, so, even if they're not touching, if it's less than three, you don't have to bring another beam. If it's more than three, then you have to bring another beam and put it in the middle and fill in the gap. So this seems to be a good proof since uh, the opening Mishnah, remember we compared Bavoy, the height, 30 uh, Amot, uh, 20 Amot, uh, same as Sukkah. So since you say use Lavud in Mavoy in the middle, so too, um, he's, this opinion would say, use Lavud in the middle of a Sukkah. Now the Idach, the other opinion that says, no, you cannot use Lavud in the middle of a Sukkah, a roof, Shane Korot de Rabbanan. So he, he would say, it's true for uh, Mavoy. That whole law is the Rabbanan, because the, uh, the whole enclosure is, um, is Reshut HaRabim de Rabbanan. It's uh, Karmelit. And therefore, the rabbis are the ones that give a chumras. Listen, you're really you're allowed to walk. You're not allowed to carry there because you might come to Reshut HaRabim. But if you put a Korah, so the whole law is the Rabbanan. So they could be Mikhail and say, fine, it's not a, even if it's not full. But Sukkah is Midoraita. So you can't just have a hole in the middle. Therefore, there's no comparison. Okay, so that's one side and the rebuttal. Now we're going to have the other side and the rebuttal. This is, by the way, a perfect structure. And you'll find this in uh, rhetorical exercises in ancient schools uh, across the Roman Empire. You know, argue this way and give the rebuttal. Argue the other way and give the rebuttal to that. So here's the other side. 
why would you say that you cannot use Lavud on the, on, in the middle, but only on the side? Um, by the way, what's the difference between the side and the middle? I think the side is closer to the wall. And the whole law of Lavud was taught that Halacham Shem Sinai regarding Mechitzot and walls. So you say, okay, the wall has a, has, a, has a hole, near the wall has a hole. Okay, fine, we'll push the wall over. Kind of almost like a Dauphin Akuma, but only three, to, only three because it's empty space. So it's all associated with the wall when it's next to it. But in the middle, um, no. And what's the source for that? A different comparison to the laws of Ohel regarding Tumah. Another favorite topic to compare to Sukkah, because Sukkah is a tent. So is, that's another halacha that's also a tent. So let's see the Ditnan, Masechet Aholot, Aruba Shebabaituba Poteach Tefach. If you have a skylight in the house, amazing, they had must, you know, uh, rich people had pretty fancy houses back then, and they can have a skylight in the roof. If it's open, a tefach, we're going to see it doesn't really matter how much it's open. Um, but the point is, So if there's a dead body in the house, we have a more graphic picture here. Okay, there's a dead body on the couch. And so therefore, this whole room, everything in it will become tameh. But you see, there's a skylight here. This bowl that's right beneath the skylight will remain tahor. Right, because it's under the skylight. It's not in the roof of that. It's not under the roof of the house. Right, everything else is tamei right. because all under the roof. Right, it makes an oil. This is not under the roof, so it doesn't fill the airspace. It's just there's nothing physically on top of it. Um, and so the point over here is that you don't say lavud, even though it's a small hole. Doesn't matter how big the hole is. Um, you don't say lavud. We consider the hole to be there. Um, if it was, if you said lavud, then it would be like filled in, and then the tumah would be a cover, be covering. So the open, I'll, I'll read the whole thing. So if it's more than one tefach, then no. Whatever is under that hole is uh, still tahor. Tumah keneged aruba. If that, if let's say the dead guy is under the hole, uh, under the window, then kolabait kolotahor. Then he, he goes, his tumah goes straight up to Shamaim and everything else in the house is nothing covering it. It has to be covering both the body and another utensil. Now, and ba'aruba poteach tefach, if the whole, if the whole a skylight is less than a tefach, it's the same law. It's not even, uh, it just repeats it for no reason. The next paragraph is a, is a datography. It's not three tefachim, right? That's the point. So in, in general, for, for, for other laws, uh, a tefach regarding ohel is significant. So we're comparing tefach in ohel to three tefachim in sukkah. And, but the point doesn't matter how big it is, even less than a tefach. So for sure, in a sukkah, it's okay. Um, the, there's a printing error in this edition. They repeated these words twice. Um, okay, you find this a lot of manuscripts, but not usually in, uh, in modern printed editions um, because of the word tahor and tahor. Anyway, so let's skip to the next paragraph. So this is the proof. That you see in the laws of Ohel, when there's a small hole, we consider it a hole, which is beneficial for the laws of Tum'ah and not filled in like Lavud. So too in Sukkah, when it's in the middle, not on the side, the side, yes, we would say Lavud, but in the middle, we do not say Lavud. And so therefore, um, you cannot have any space, uh, right? E even a minuscule space. This is, I mean, this is a challenge to build a Sukkah without any space. I mean, every little hole, what are you going to do? Dodge every hole, right? You have to have Sukkah. So it would mean that if it was like a long, a long, across the whole length, then it would be a problem. But we usually have other things going across the other way. 
that can fill it in. Now, how will the other opinion that says that there is Lavud in the middle respond to this challenge from Ohalot? No, laws of Tumah, that's a tradition that we learned that applies, applies to that. But it doesn't, it's not the same as Sukkah. That's his own field. Don't compare it. Um, so that's how he would get out of it. Okay, so that concludes that topic. Now we're going to go on a bit of a tangent about kosher fish. Um, now, but what has in common is this Tarash Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eli. We're going to see it again here. So Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eli made a derasha. This means a public lecture. He right? got up and said this, and whatever he's saying, a public lecture is official, like halacha lemaase. And he said, al gabav keshera. If you have a house and your roof caved in, uh, usually that's bad news. But if it's near Sukkot time, that's good news because now you saved yourself building a sukkah. Um, you just put sukkah on the place where it caved in, and now you have a good sukkah. You could use existing walls. So at the, then Rabbi uh, Shmael told him, hey, can you explain yourself? What do you mean? I mean, if you just have a little hole in the middle, this is far away from the walls. How could that be okay? So he said, my father taught me as follows, you're right, if it's if four, four amot from the hole where I'm going to put the schach to the wall of the house, it's no good. But if it's less than four amot, then I can apply and it would be okay. This is an interesting conversation because our Mishnah said this explicitly, right? It was, yeah, it's quoting the Mishnah. What, didn't they know the Mishnah? Uh, so I wonder about this. Maybe they didn't have that clarification phrase in the Mishnah, because um, the Mishnah does say, yeah, I'll show you, I'll go back in a second. It's possible they had different versions. There were different, uh, slightly different versions of the Mishnah going around. And um, here, the Mishnah said, uh, maybe he's just said, pistula. Right, so he's quoting that maybe he didn't have the clarification. Look at the next case. It doesn't have the clarification. And the next also one, right, and here it does say uh, So maybe his maybe he had a shorter version of the Mishnah, and that clarification itself is based on uh, based on this. Okay. Anyway, that's a good conversation we uh, of information, but we knew that already. And, and then uh, maybe the same Dirasha. I don't know what it has in common, maybe a different time. Same rabbi. This kind of mullet is uh, permitted. It's a kosher fish. Is that true? Yeah, we eat it. Oh, you eat it. OK. Explain yourself. What do you mean? Well, uh, the problem with this is that it's a very small fish. When you catch them, you catch a lot of them. And there's lots of fish mixed in. And so it's very hard to tell once they're all mixed that uh, what, what, what you're eating. So explain. Um, he said, It depends where. If you're in a certain spot in the river where there's lots of non-kosher fish, then it's no good. But certain areas where there's only the kosher fish there, so you catch them and then you can assume that, yes, they are all kosher. You don't have to worry about it. And a similar case here. Sharia. These certain small fish in this Bav River, they are permitted. If you say it's because the river, the water in that river flows rapidly, and non-kosher fish don't have a spinal cord. Is that true? They don't. 
Okay, right? So they can't live in that water. And you'll say, so therefore, anything you catch there must be the kosher, uh, must be kosher fish. But that's not true because we see that in, there's, in rapid water, there's non-kosher fish too. So it's a nice theory, but it's not true. They do exist. So that can't be the reason why he assumed that everything in the, this river is kosher. I mean, that this, these small fish in, in the river are kosher, and therefore we don't have to worry about non-kosher small fish. Maybe it's because it's very salty. Non-kosher fish cannot exist because they don't have scales. So they can't live in that salty water. Uh, scales help protect them, help them breathe in salty water. So, okay, sharks live in salty water and they don't have scales. So that's the next line. No, we see there's, there's non-kosher fish in salty water. Maybe specifically these small types. But even they exist. Maybe because there's certain uh, silt or mud in the river that is not good at the, for a non-kosher fish. It can't reproduce because of those certain chemicals in there. Nowadays, the rivers moved. Maybe uh, people built canals and ditches. And now the Etan River and the Gamda River both go into the Bav river, and so therefore the, uh, the contents of the river are not the same as they used to be, so you cannot follow that halacha anymore. Okay, good to know next time you're fishing in the Bav River <laughs> not to eat these fish. Next, um, back to Sukkot. This is a good case. If you have a portico with uh, pillars all around, then that's okay, assuming these pillars are each less than three tefachim with the next. So you say lavud, and so it doesn't really matter. You don't even need the, the portico uh, roof on top. If you just have these pillars and the sechach in the middle, that's totally fine. Okay, so that's an easy case. Um, here's the complicated one. She'en la pasimin. What if it has no pillars? So same thing but now with no pillars. We saw this case in the Mishnah. Mishnah said if this part of the roof, uh, portico roof is less than four amot, then you could use dofen akuma. So for sure that's true. Now we're talking about what if this is more than four amot? So now you have a problem because you have too much non-kosher sechach, it's too far away from the walls. So we're gonna learn a new halacha. We did see this in Mesechet Eruvin. And this is called pi tikra yored v'sotem. The edge of the roof can, we use our imagination and it comes down and covers it. That's sometimes, somehow when you see um, a pole, an edge on a roof, you, uh, your eye says, oh look, there's the end of the roof and pulls down um, they, that edge uh, to be an imaginary wall. So uh, we can apply that halacha, uh, or it's machloket if we can. Yes, you can apply pitikra. So pitikra is not going to work just for branches. Like if you have just branches here, then this edge is not going to pull down. But it does work for something permanent where you have a pole uh, beam going across here. So that beam could be pitikra. So that comes down one side, two sides, three sides. You have three walls. And uh, this, this works according to abaye. So it's a huge kula. Um, however, according to Rava, Rava Amar Pesula, no good. He doesn't have this. Now, I'll explain. Abaye Amar Keshera. 
Because he does have this principle that you can imagine the edge of the roof coming down. He does not have this principle. Okay, now a conversation. Well, since you're using this uh, coming down, then you can even take away the side wall, uh, meaning something like this here, right? Let's say you had a sukkah that has only two walls, right? And you have a beam here and a beam there. So look, pitikra, pitikra down here. So you don't even need this back wall. You can have a sukkah with two walls. Why do you say no walls? Um, it seems that uh, 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 it seems that even to use pitikra, you could only use pitikra for one wall. You need two existing walls to use pitikra. Um, but uh, uh, it's better if the walls are adjacent, like an L, like in this, because then it looks more like an enclosure, and then we use pitikra to cover one of them. So anyway, that's his challenge. And then he answers, uh, says, I would agree with you that if you have two parallel walls, then that looks like a hallway, an alleyway. People are just going through. It doesn't feel like an enclosure. I only apply pitikra when you have somewhat of an enclosure, like an L, and then I say you can do one more, and that's so that's abaye. Ravan says, no, I doesn't, it doesn't, he doesn't follow this. Uh, uh, this law at all, not even if it's uh, if there's two there. So that's that. That's a good clarification. Now, Lema Abayev Rabba Bepluta de Rabu Shmuel Kami Palge. Abayev Rabba said this halacha regarding sukkah, but let's try to compare it to something else that the earlier generation, the first generation, Rav and Shemuel said about the laws of Eruv, uh, as follows: the oh, not Eruv of Shabbat to make a to make a Rishut Echid. To be able to carry. So we have a machloket there. Rabbi Shmuel Kami Palgeti Temar Ach Sadra Bebika. Rabbi Amar Mutal Tatel Bekulo. Tamrin and Pitikra Yored Vesotem. Ushmuel Amar En Metatelin Ba Ela Barba Amot. De Lo Amrin and Pitikra Yored Vesotem. So if you have a open portico like this in the middle of a field, uh, why does he say in the middle of a field? Um, like maybe because it's a field has to be a karmelit, not a shoot at a beam. So it's only to the banan, maybe in a field and yeah, and it's not enclosed, maybe in this field, not in a courtyard where you have other people living in the courtyard and that makes it more complicated. Okay, we're just dealing, isolating this case. Is this considered a shoot hayachid? So that, you know, I own it. Can I, as if it, if it had walls and certainly I can carry within it. What am I carrying inside here? Right or not. So um, Rav says, yes, you can carry because we imagine the walls to be coming down. This picture is based on Rashi, who says you can use pitikra on all sides. Um, other opinions say no, only on Tosafot says you have to have two walls, you can only use it on one side. Okay, so either way, he says, yes, you can carry. And Shemuel says, no, I don't follow pitikra. So you see, this is not talking about a sukkah, this is talking about something with a solid roof and uh, for Ilkhot Shabbat. So it looks like we can match it up, nevertheless, and say that Abaye, who permits it in regarding the sukkah, matches up with Rav, who permits it regarding Hilchot Shabbat, and Rava, who was machmir and doesn't use it, would be like Shemuel. So can we match it up? Well, we say halfway. You're right. According to Shemuel, who says we do not do pitikra yored, then for sure Abaye. There's no way. There's no way to get around that. Even Abaye would have to admit that he cannot. He cannot fit with Shemuel. Abaye has to only fit with Rav. 
Um, but how about the other way? Rav, who says, yes, it's permitted in Olchot Shabbat to do this. So Abaye Kedav, Abaye who permits it regarding Sukkah, for sure he can follow Rav who permits it regarding Shabbat. And even Rava, who is stringent and does not apply it to Sukkah, he can say, I think Rav could still agree with me. Says Rav would only say, apply it in that case where the roof was made for the portico, right? This is the roof of a portico. And therefore, any imaginary walls are walls of this portico. So then that's totally fine. And this is not like this case where these, um, this roofing here is made for the, for the uh, porch here, this, this area. It was not made. So even if you imagine a wall coming down, it would be a wall that would enclose the porch area, the, the portico and not the not looking outwards towards the sukkah. So he says, yes, I could agree with Rav regarding Shabbat, but I cannot apply that to this case of a sukkah. So therefore, he can follow both, uh, both opinions. Um, so this is an amazing legal fiction that actually uh, Shulchan Aruch does say we, fo- we can follow for Hulchot Shabbat, um, but we do, we do not gen- gen- generally apply it to Hulchot Sukkah. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.